WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler here, obviously, and you are listening to This Is Wrestling, the podcast. And we welcome you to the post-revolution This Is Wrestling episode, the podcast. It's Lever Sage. It's Zach. I can't believe this is the way my life is, McGibbon. <laughs> ZFG, how the hell are you? Uh, well, I'm better now. Um, I'm better now. The week started off rough, but uh, we're better now. We're, we're doing all right. Well, as we sit here on a Tuesday night, uh, and by the time you hear this, it'll probably be Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, yes, apologize for a little bit late on the AEW revolution, but Zach, tell us why it's been a rough week. <laughs> it, it's it's better now. I'm in a much better mood considering so, uh, what had happened. But Don't uh, worry, I'm not going to like rock interrupt you. We don't care about you. <laughs> no, we actually do. I'm actually all ears here on the edge of my seat. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was uh, driving back from getting groceries in uh, beautiful Belleville, Ontario. And uh, I was, I'm literally like not that far from the grocery store. I'm at most like five minutes. And everything in Belleville is five minutes away. Well, yes, that's also right. No matter where you are in the city, you know, I'll be there in five minutes. Exactly. Ottawa's got the 20 minutes thing going, 20, 25 minutes, right? You're you're 25 minutes from anything, no matter where you are in the city. Longer if you're in Orleans or Barhaven. Oh, uh, cry me a river in (laughs) Barhaven. And you know what? If you decided to move out to Orleans and everything else was on one side of the city and nothing was on the other side of the city, that's your problem. Yeah, okay. th- that is true. That is true. Uh, oh, what do we have to the east of us? Rockland and nothing. <laughs> Montreal. Oh, Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Many hours away. You decided well, to move there. So that's <laughs> nobody else's fault. Anyways. That's right. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so uh, I was driving back and uh, all of a sudden my car starts to slow down. Um, not by my choice. No brake or anything no, like that. You're, you're a heavy foot. So that's right. Yeah. And so I know I was driving on the right side of the road, the, the right lane. It's a, it's a three lane and, uh, I start to slow down and I can't put any gas to the car and, uh, I just start to slow down and I midway through a turn and, uh, my car (laughs) shuts down. Uh, I shouldn't say shut down, not work uh, as the way it should. Um, so the engine could still run and, uh, but I couldn't put any gas into the car. So fortunately, uh, a very nice stand by, uh, passerby uh, in their vehicle saw I was stuck and we pushed the vehicle off to the side and uh, I had to wait an hour for a tow truck uh, to, to come by. And of course, I'm standing there and I'm just like, it smells like gasoline. So to co- go to the end of the story, it ended up being a, a, small, a small gas leak. Uh, that kind of sh- shut down the car. It, it, it disconnected between the engine and the, and the gas. And it was from all the snow that we've been getting over the last uh, couple of days. And it's an older car. Um, and so 
uh, I'm just kind of standing there. I don't want to be there in the gas. So I'm just standing there and I'm waiting for people to come by be like, are you all right? Is everything okay? Like, you know, I had one. Don't you do know that. who I am? I'm Zach <laughs> McGibbon. I'm supposed to be at city council meeting right now. No, that's right. On a Sunday afternoon. Um, but no, uh, waited an hour. Tow truck came by and we, and we, and we got there and I, I, uh, start to, you know, I hop on the tow truck and I talk with the guy and the guy recognizes my voice, Lee. He recognizes I'm on the radio. Of course he did. Of course he did. The four people who live in Belleville, someone's got to listen to the radio. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got to recognize my voice. Got to keep uh, me employed somehow. Isn't that the best feeling? Like, I don't, I don't recognize your face at all. Start talking. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that Zach McGibbon? That's right. It's like, mm-hmm. he, he said, I recognize your voice and I saw your name and I want, figured I'd add added two and two together. And so we had a nice conversation. Um, unfortunately though, Lee, um, we, uh, it didn't get a discount. Yeah. Well, uh, well that, <laughs> but also, uh, fortunately I had, I, I got CAA, so we're good there. Yeah. But, good. Um, smart, smart Zach. So isn't CAA like the home of Belleville? Oh yeah, the CAA CAA arena. arena. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, uh, CAA was fantastic. I have no complaints about CAA. Um, The only thing was is like, so I got a recommendation from my buddy on uh, which uh, auto parts uh, slash car mechanic to go to. It's a car manufacturer. I should say car mechanic uh, spot called Benson, and so start driving down. I put in the coordinates. Start driving. Start talking. We drop off the vehicle and uh, and then just kind of leave the key or whatever. And uh, it's Sunday, so it's not open. So I have to wait till the next day uh, before I can call and be like, here's the problem. And uh, so uh, next day comes around and I call over to Benson uh, right at the top of right as it opened, like 8 a.m. I was like, hi, I dropped off my vehicle here. Uh can't put any gas into it. Like I can't accelerate. It could start, but blah, blah, blah. And the lady cuts me off on the phone. She says, I'm really sorry to hear that, sir, but this is Benson auto parts, not Benson auto service. Oh, it was, no. the Ron, it was to Ron Benson. We went to, it was a Benson that was similar colors, similar name, obviously literally like less than a kilometer away from the other Benson that we, uh, that was supposed to be dropped off. And so, uh, after all of that, I we both had a laugh about it. Um, but, yeah, one, one uh, I mean, what else really can you laughing. do, right? One person <laughs> really laughing, one person laughing, yeah. but not laughing yeah. inside. I was just gonna say laughing through tears, but uh, yeah, I, I, so we organized a plan. So I had to call CAA again uh, to try and get a tow truck to bring it to the correct Benson. And uh, fortunately, it wasn't a lawn repair. It took about an hour for them to repair it, and it was a small. It was a small repair, relatively speaking. I was, I was assuming the worst, um, but yeah, uh, good, good. That's that's what people do in Belleville, so that's good. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, you, you got to be prepared for that scenario, and uh, fortunately, it is covered under a warranty as well. So, so we're all good. But uh, it was not a fun couple. Of times. <laughs> it was uh, not great, and so just and, and also too, I forgot to mention. Uh, while uh, we were going down uh, over to the Ron Benson, I get a text from uh, one of the TV producers that I work with for the hockey broadcast, and I get a text saying, "Is that your car on the on the tow truck that I saw just pass by?" And uh, it's like, "Yep, uh, that's me." 
that's uh, that's me on that uh, on that tow truck. Basically, so. what this segment has been before we actually get into wrestling is yeah. basically, yeah, I had some problems on the weekend, but I'm Belleville famous. Look at all the people <laughs> that recognize my face, my car, uh, my voice. Yeah, like I am ZFG. <laughs> certainly you, one way to put it. You've humble brag, but oh. many people knowing who the hell you are. <laughs> This is, it's far from a humble break. It's people recognizing me at what at a, at a bad point. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so car is fixed. It's back in the driveway. I'm driving it around. It's all good. It's a relatively minor fix, as mentioned before. So it's all good. And, you know, CA was great other than dropping me off at the wrong location. Um, but uh, I kind of feel like that's your fault. I'm not going to lie. Like, well, I, like you've had a, I get it. You're in a tough spot and the mind's, <laughs> the mind's going, but yeah. when you pulled up to the place and it said Benson auto parts. Yeah. I kind of feel like it. I'm not, I don't see the garages. I don't see, you know what? Maybe let's just double check this before you take off. CAA. Well, well, I, I did. I, I did have, I was questioning a little bit, but of course a different state of mind. So maybe if I was a better state yeah. of mind, I'd be all right. But I was Which looking I at it yeah. I, and I was looking through Google and it was like, they both had the same colors. They were both blue and yellow and they both had like a picture of a guy working on a car, you know? And so it's like in, in that moment, like, well, okay, maybe it's not the Benson, but it's a Benson that fixes cars. So like we're what good. are the chances that it wouldn't be the right Benson? If it's blue, right. it's yellow. It's got a guy working on a car. And, and, I mean, and plus it's an auto parts store. Like what else am I supposed if it was like a restaurant or something like that, then obviously it's on me, but they were like, they couldn't be more similar. Right. Well, so, they couldn't be more different. Zach. When in you, this case, uh, yeah, they're, more, they're very different. 801 Monday morning. They couldn't have been more different. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I was, uh, that was All my right. Sunday and my, Monday afternoon. Okay. But I'm in a well, better mood. I'm in a better mood. We're all we're all we're all fixed up and I'm I'm really excited to talk about this revolution show, let me tell you. Yeah, life happens and that's you know, I had a lot going on too, Zach, but nothing else does that. I mean <laughs> no. two two people recognizing Zach McGibbon in <laughs> one story. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I can't. I don't know if I can top that. It's not a humble brag, for the record. Uh, I am not proud of it. <laughs> like, I'd, I'd much rather be recognized for you know, like Colin Hockey or whatever. Not while my car is being towed away, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but it's fixed up now. It's working, and we're all we're all in good operation, and everything's good. It was just. Uh, it well, made for. I, it'll be a fun story to tell in the future once I get over it. The next couple of days. I kind of feel like. I've made fun of you a little bit and made made awk <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm not going to do that, Zach. I'm sorry that happened to you. I, I am sorry. I felt very badly. You told me the first time, and I'm like, oh my god! All I've done is make fun of the guy. <laughs> what am, like? And now his car breaks down. You know, when life gives you lemons, Zach, sell it before you <laughs> run into more problems. That's right. Right. <laughs> yes, that's that's correct. <laughs> that's what I've learned about this whole process. It's not about so, lemonade, Zach. Yeah, I a hey, it could have been much worse. I mean, I drove to Ottawa and Kingston in that vehicle. Could you imagine if that happened while I was on the highway? Like yeah. that that could have been that was my mindset throughout it all. It's like could have been much worse. Could have been oh, much it, worse. Could have been absolutely could have. I've had yeah. I've had similar stories of like cars breaking down and different things that have happened to me. 
yeah. um, moments after I've arrived after a long trip. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, if this happened three hours earlier and I was in the <laughs> foothills in the Kentucky mountains with yeah. not a soul in sight, uh, it could have been much worse. And, and uh, by the way, too, this, th- this vehicle only two days earlier was driving through a winter storm uh, uh, coming back from uh, Wellington where 25 centimeters of snow fell or, or something along those lines. And so uh, and because the OJHL decided not to cancel the game, uh, even though we had a winter storm warning, but they canceled a whole bunch of other games. Um, and so it was a fun time. It was a blowout uh, for the Dukes. Uh, but uh, then I'm driving back in like snow with low visibility. And it, if, if it shut down at that scenario, I would have really been screwed. <laughs> right. So uh, I, uh, I, I, that's kind of like a lot of it has been sort of the best case scenario. See, very positive, Zach which yeah. is not how I'm going to be talking about this pay-per-view. Really? So, let, so let's go ahead and talk about AEW Revolution, what everybody says was one of the best pay-per-views they've ever seen. Oh, I, wow. I kept kept hearing about pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, folks, it's March. <laughs> There's been like two, and they've both been WWE relax on the pay-per-view of the year okay you've had the royal rumble and hell in the cell and nothing else well wrestle kingdom as well if you want to include wrestle kingdom for and, it, and okay i can guarantee i haven't seen wrestle kingdom and wrestle kingdom was better so let's start talking about aw revolution i'm a little bit sour that my prediction did not happen in the 67 minute main event uh, MJF retaining the title. I have so many issues with this pay-per-view and wow, all I, right. and all I kept hearing about was that, Oh, this is so good. This show is incredible. This show is awesome. Like, what are you talking about? However, what I will say is the main event was really good. Like, I didn't know that this would go seven minutes into overtime. MJF retaining, uh, making Brian Danielson submit seven minutes into overtime, winning 4-3 in the Iron Man match. This match saved. And I'm going to say saved this pay-per-view. Wow. Okay. But, but it was awesome. The main event was incredible. Um they wanted to get MJF to a new level. They accomplished it. And I don't know that it was about the title more than it was about putting MJF in a spot to be more over as the champion than he previously was. And if that was the number one goal, which it should have been in this match, as far as I'm concerned from AEW's point of view, how do we put MJF in a position to be more over after this match and after this feud. Didn't love the lead up, but they accomplished everything they needed to when he won that match seven minutes into overtime. Incredible. Uh, pacing was good. Um, not a lot of lulls in it. A lot of action. Just, I, I thought, incredible match. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a this was one of the best Iron Man matches I've seen in quite a while. Uh, I I think certainly it's up there for the best sixty minute Iron Man match I've ever seen. Um, this was a 
really, really good match. Brian Danielson is built for these kind of matches, his cardio and how he's able to lay out Ironman matches. They talked a little bit about, you know, during the Reign of Honor days uh, and then talked about commentary. Uh, mentioned in the ROH days, he would wrestle a whole bunch of different 60-minute Ironman matches uh, back in the day. And it's pretty clear that uh, he, he helped to sort of build this match. And I think the added intrigue of MJF trying to cower and, and heal his way uh, throughout the match and try and find different ways to outsmart uh, Brian Danielson was 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 really good. It was so well paced. It was uh, I, I was invested all the way through. The overtime worked really well. That's a very risky thing to pull off mm-hmm. is to do overtime in a sixty minute match. But I thought they pulled that off tremendously. And yeah, I thought this was great. And I think we also have to start. I know some have already started to do it. And I think we've kind of alluded to it as well, but I think we can definitively say now that MJF is a great wrestler. And yep. I know the, I know he's had great matches before, but I think sometimes like I, I especially remember seeing MJF when he was just kind of just getting started in the independence and you could tell the character was there. He knew who he was. It was just the in ring was not all the way there yet, but you had to give him some time because he's a young prospect. He's got to, you know, take the bumps. He's got to take the bookings to get, just get himself better. And now after the 60 minute performance, yes, he's in there with Brian Danielson, one of, if not the greatest pro wrestler ever. Um, yes, it's going to make you look good, but it takes two to tango, especially in a stipulation like that. And I thought MJF came out and delivered. And so I thought this was a really, really good Ironman match that will absolutely be in the conversation of a lot of people's match of the year at the end of the year. I hope so, because sometimes it gets lost, right? As the year goes along, we think, oh, this match will be there. And then by the end of the year, people kind of forget. Um, he needed this, MJF, to build his character and to for people to have him be legitimized, right? As yep. not only the champion, but the fact that this is something that is, you know, he's going to go on and and talk about being the champion and being the guy and being the best wrestler in the company for a long time. And it's matches like this that he's going to have to put in his repertoire, put in his back pocket to prove to people, right? And he's done that. He, I don't know why people have been so harsh on him as far as that, because he's been when you're the best on the microphone at his young age, your wrestling game is going to be second to your microphone game. Right. That's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad wrestler. That means your microphone game is at the top of the entire world at his age. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So for people to have said that this guy can't wrestle and he's this and he's that, man i i feel good for him that he would have come off this performance and i think been a lot more respected in the locker room and as a guy that can lead the company i feel better that AEW is in the hands of mjf now than i did before the Mm pay-per-view and yeah they don't have a lot of pay-per-views and they really build up to their big matches, but I was unsure. And I, I, I still think that they haven't handled it necessarily the right way. We've had that discussion the last few weeks, but I do feel better after watching this match that that guy 
can go and do a lot of things and he can lead the company. I have more respect for him on top now than I did before and, and good for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Trained his ass off. The guy looked like he was in the best shape of his life. Like I don't know if people have given him enough credit. And I think it's a little easier sometimes when people aren't on the card every day. Like how many times have we seen MJF wrestle? Not a lot. Not a lot. And so, you know what that gives training time. And of course I had to read a report today. They oh, he was banged up and look what he did anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like he might've been, <laughs> yeah. but if he got a little bit bruised or something happened to him, well, other people are in the ring every week. Yeah. He's not in the ring every week. So what that allows is people time to train, time to get in shape, time for when it matters to be ready. And he looked like a champion. He looked phenomenal in this match. And I think really maybe his best performance ever. Mm. It's definitely up there as one of his best performances. I, I can certainly think of at the top of my head. It's probably yeah. his best, especially considering the circumstances of, you know, being the world champion, going in there with the Brian Danielson and the match stipulation. It definitely has to at least be considered one of the best of his performances. All right. We're in agreement. I'm, 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 I'm wondering what, what kind of, there's one match I think that I, I that I think you probably didn't like. And I'm okay, interested. Well, go ahead. Bring it up. I, I, I think you didn't like the hangman Adam Page and John Moxley match. <laughs> That's the match I, I'm thinking you're like, it turned you off. Okay, why? The violence that was involved in the in, What? In the I, I don't have a stomach. I don't have I don't have the ability to accept the violence. I, I was on this program last week saying that hey, they want to bleed? Go ahead. Yeah. Make him make, make him bleed. Go ahead. Um here's the thing. I didn't hate the match. Okay. It's, ne- it's not one of the ones that I really disliked. Okay. Um but I didn't love it either. And I wanted to love it. And my expectations for Moxley Hangman, I wanted to love it. Because I love both of those guys. So that's it's a little bit unfair because my expectations for that match, other than the main event, it was the match I was most looking forward to. Um, I did... I, I love the entrance. Uh, by the way, MJF's entrance, like, mm-hmm. come on. Yes. <laughs> come, come on. Incredible. Yeah. And also Hangman's music. Incredible. Um, the look coming out was just awesome. Uh, Joan, here's my problem. It wasn't that it grossed me out. It wasn't that it was too much violence. It's, it's certainly Moxley's stick. And it, I think Adam Page has really built his character to the point that he adapts to anybody else's style and seems to be as good or better at them at that style, which makes him an all around incredible wrestler because you want to go hardcore. He can go hardcore. You want to wrestle. He he can wrestle. Mm 
You want to do a bunch of talking in the ring? He can talk with the best of them. Heartfelt promos. Like, this guy's the complete wrestler. Mm -hmm. I, I knew Adam Page was really, really good before AEW. And I, I think he's now... I, I can't put very many people ahead of him, even though I might like people more. I don't know that I would have as much confidence in a guy to go out and give me everything I wanted as a promoter, no matter what situation I put that guy in. And he would overdo it and be better than I thought and sell the company like I, I'm making that guy the poster guy. Mm -hmm. I, I I think Adam. I think the world of this guy. Yeah, I, I think it's great. It, it, you mentioned in terms of like he's pretty much game for anything. Um, I I think that also just makes him what makes him a tremendous babyface as well. Because you kind of go in there and he's willing to take on all comers and he's yeah. able to come up to that level, you know. Like I think that's what makes him a relatable babyface. And you know, you mentioned the different sort of uh, match styles he's had to go through. Obviously, this one uh, with Moxley and the sixty-minute his own sixty-minute match with Brian Danielson a, a while back. Um, I, I think it just kind of also shows just how much of a great babyface he is and how adaptable he is, as you mentioned. So I, I think that's a very good point. In saying that. I wanted this match to be great. And I got to the end of it kind of going, all right, they had a grotesque match with a lot of barbed wire and a lot of ripping each other's faces and all kinds of things. Where are both guys now? Are they both elevated? Is Adam Page more elevated? Um, Unfortunately, I don't come out of this thinking that either guy is more elevated than when they came in, and I wanted that to happen. I don't feel it. I think Adam Page, for all the things that we just talked about for Adam Page, Hangman is a, a crowd favorite, as you said. I think it's a really good point, adding to the babyface game for everything. People love this guy. They should love the guy, and he can do anything. I mean, he's doing moonsaults off the top, with barbed wire around his freaking waist. Like he's doing all kinds of things. I don't know that he's further ahead by what he went through. And I know that John Moxley in my mind is not. Um, I just feel like Moxley's going down this path of, okay, he's just loves violence and more violence, the better. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't feel like, Either guy is better today than they were going into the match. I don't, it was fine. It was good. It was better than fine. It was good, but I wanted elevation and I had massive expectations and it just kind of was like, okay, this is just going to be a gory, grotesque match and good for them for going through it. But I don't feel differently. I, I feel like I put the company on Adam Page's back for a long time, but I felt that before this match. This match did not help me get there. And I guess that's my issue with it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it was bad. Right. Wasn't, wasn't bad to me, but didn't put either guy in a spot 
that I think they're going to be better off from. And I, and I actually think when they, you know, with the cheesy cliches of this match will take five years of a guy's career. And they say that all the time. And it's like, what are you talking about? Um, don't know that either guy needed to do this. And it felt like it did take a little bit off their careers. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what was, I'm not sure that the end product was worth what they went through. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just kind of taking in the points. I'll say this. I'm usually not a deathmatch guy. Uh, the, the level of violence and grotesqueness and whatever. I, I think there is absolutely, and this may be a controversial opinion for some, but I don't think there's any skill in terms of uh, being able to take a light tube and, and throw a light tube at somebody or anything like that and, you know, go through barbed wire and that's all you could do. Um, I know there are people that love death matches. I know people on the independents that love death matches and I'll probably hear this and completely disagree with me and that's fine. Everybody has their tastes. Um, I could not disagree with you more <laughs> in terms of elevating a person. Um, I thought this will be, and again, this is coming from somebody that dislikes death matches, but I thought this was an excellent way to end off a blood feud between these two guys. And I will somewhat agree with you on the Moxley side in terms of elevation, but I will incredibly disagree on the hangman stuff. To me, it brought a new edge to hangman. This reminded me a lot of the cactus Jack and triple H stuff where Triple H was kind of coming up and they try to, and, and Hangman at this point is, is it's more established as a main event guy now than Triple H was at the time when he was making his rise up the card. But to me, it was like with Triple H, he needed that edge to really take him over the top. Um, and after the match with Cactus Jack, uh, especially like at the Royal Rumble, the No Holds Barred match, and then the Hell in a Cell matches, um, that was where the edge came in for Triple H. That's what I took away from Hangman Page at the end of this, because yes, he's wrestled a couple of this match style before, but in my mind, this is a guy in John Moxley who is the face of that sort of match, and he went to the limit with them. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. The face of that sort of match. The so, Texas Death, like the hardcore so, match, yeah. You do. So you think John Moxley, because he's bled a lot lately in like GCW and done a couple of those things that suddenly he's in like the cactus Jack. I think he's had that sort of distinction long before AEW in terms of being able to take abuse and, and being able to take the, the, the big bumps and, and his match style. And that's happened before in AEW. I think back to the barbed wire match with Omega a couple of years ago, um, like the exploding barbed wire. And then the other, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying those were great matches. I'm just saying that's what they were trying to establish with him. And we both agree. He's a guy that bleeds a lot. And so like, it's, it's kind of a running meme for some, right? But he is the face of that sort of hardcore match. And so to me, when you got a guy like Hayman overcoming a guy who's considered a, a guy who, who can thrive in that sort of environment, especially as a baby face, as, as I mentioned before, I think it totally elevated Hayman and it brought a new edge to him uh, as well with the music, the entrance. I think all that was designed to elevate Hayman. And I think John Moxley can take the loss in this sort of scenario. 
Um, I thought this was a really great way to add a new dimension, a new edge to Hangman to continue his story arc, which I think is the more important story arc of the two. Mm-hmm. And I thought this match for will be in the conversation for some as a match of the year contender oh, as well. Stop it! It stop will it, be. Stop it! I, no, I, well, before no, it won't you, no, be. No, I let you talk. I will talk. No, so, I know. But no, it, won't I, be. it was the Iron Man match. If you had had me had to force me to choose, I would pick the Iron Man match just for the record. But it will. This match will definitely be in some people's match of the year. It absolutely will. I cannot wait for that when that happens. But it okay. will be. But when this was a fun match. People, I like it. You bring those people to me, okay. and at the end of the year, if they're discussing that that match was one of the best matches of the year, it was 2023. Will not be a very good year. Oh, okay. That's. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to win match of the year, but I can no, see it, in, it in, in a bunch in of people's lists. No. It, then if their lists are 900 matches deep, sure, right. go ahead. But it, it's not in the top three. It's not in the top five. It's not even the best match on the card. Like, I, it, it wasn't the best match of the card. No, but it was, but, uh, and, and it's, I'm fascinated to see what else is. Cause I think there's another match that, uh, that I'm thinking maybe is the one you didn't like, but we'll get to that in a moment. But, oh, in terms, good. but, it, but in terms of, but in terms of this match, like, yes, I, I, I go in knowing that this match is probably going to be divisive for some people because of the amount of violence. And, I, and again, I'm not saying that's what your point is. I'm just saying, like, I think the general consensus, um, I, I, I think for some, they'll be turned off by the level of violence. But I thought in terms of the, the build of the story, the way that they uh, brought all the way this blood feud into this sort of style of match. Yes, I, I, I think this. I I thought this was a tremendous match. I really did. I thought it was going to be hard top actually uh how good this match was. And of course the Iron Man match happened later on. Okay. Um but uh but this was this was up there. This will be on a bunch of people's again, not going to be match of the year for me. A bunch Some of people. people. You keep throwing out a bunch of people and if this is in their top 5 at the end of the year that two matches from the same show are on their best 5 matches of the year in any company, mm-hmm. then Bring it to me. No, Zach, I'm telling you right now, zero people will have this in the top five of their match of the year. Zero. And 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 and, and again, more likely the Iron Man match will be in a lot of people's match of the year than this match. But I I wouldn't be shocked if this match was. I thought there was a really fun, violent match. And again, it's coming from somebody that does not like this sort of style of match in this level. But I think in terms of the way of the story and in terms of the peak of this. Um, I thought it all worked in terms of elevating Hangman, in my opinion. So I I thought this was a great match. What other match do you think I didn't like? I I, want to play this game until we get to it. (laughs) So uh, I I, I was thinking maybe the Christian Cage-Jack Perry match. And why would you think that? The casket uh, stipulation. Just so dumb. They're, I knew they're, they're, <laughs> no, no, but that, that's not even the worst one, which is... Oh, okay. Th- this is like the second worst one. Okay? Okay. I w- Could you tell me one reason why we're watching Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Christian in a casket match? Can you explain this to me and why they felt the need to do this? Yes, I was. I was not initially invested in the casket match either. I I was. I thought it was a no holds barred match, but I guess because of the Moxley and uh, and Hangman match, they decided to make this change to a final burial match. Um, not my first choice, but I'm interested to hear what else you didn't like about the match before I go any further. 
Was so it just the stipulation? Like you were like the stipulation just kind of turned you off entirely, or is it just anything else in the match? Um, no, the, the stipulation bothered me so much. So now that I find out that it's this stipulation, and I gotta, I have this in the back of my mind. I'm like, I, I don't. It puts the match in a different context for me as I'm watching it, right? So that that yep. doesn't make sense to me now as I'm watching this. Because if if you were going to build up to a casket match, build up to a casket match where the person is going to go away for a long time and they're scared to death of going away for a long time and it's going to mean something that they're actually gone. None of that happened. And all of a sudden it's a casket match? Well, first of all, you're telling me who's going to win right away. Right. Again, I said on this, we both said that Jack Perry was going to win, yep. but I left room for somebody else to come out. Well, the second it's a casket match, nobody else is coming out because I know who's going in the casket and it's not Jack Perry. So now I know that Christian is just going to be buried like before the match even starts. Okay. That's not a good start. Second of all, the treatment of Christian, I think, has been really... People still love this guy, and he still elicits a major reaction. So if you're going to go out that way, build up to it and go out that way. I didn't like the match. I thought the context was... Not the, the context blew it for me. I thought the match was just all right. I, I'm hoping that Jack Perry takes another step as one of the pillars, apparently, of the company. But I'm not really finding him elevating right now. And I don't think this match helped him at all. Um, just didn't like a lot of a lot of this act. And I want like I like both guys. So I, I got a match that I wasn't happy with. I got a stipulation that came out of nowhere that was one of the stupidest added stipulations I've seen in a very long time. And I'm, you know what? I, I, you keep getting into my head with this. I'm, t- I know. I, I think about what you say too much here. <laughs> is it hot in your dreams? Or is it in this case nightmares? A little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of watching wrestling because I like guys when you're not doing anything to actually put them in spots to succeed, but I have to bear through it anyway. We talk about it in WWE all the time, right? All the time. Felt like this the entire match. Like both guys, but what am I getting? Didn't build up to this feud properly. This is not the ending that anybody wanted. And I have to bear through this stupid match and stupid stipulation because I like both guys. No, no, I don't. I I, I don't want that. It's it, like Christian's gone, right? Yep. So, or so we think. Oh yeah, until he rises from the dead. My, yeah. Please, please WWE. I mean AEW. <laughs> bring bring, bring yeah. something stupid like that back into the picture. Yeah. Um, You're going to tell me that Jack Perry somehow got elevated in this match. 
Can't can't wait to hear it as one of the pillars of the company because he's supposed to because he we've always been told that he's going to be the the future of the company. So you're going to tell me that now he's in a position that somehow he's been elevated from this match. So I look forward to hearing how it, but I ain't buying it. So I'm also not a big fan of the casket matches. I uh, so when it was announced, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a tough gimmick to try and get over. Um, and I will say the finish of everything I did get a laugh out of just like he throws Christian into the, the casket. He does the final goodbye and all that. He closed the casket just like a wily e. coyote just drops like right to the surface and just so quickly, like it was almost comedic. And I did get a laugh of, you know, this super serious match. Finally, Jungle Boy Jack Perry overcomes the odds. He he conquers Christian and he puts him in a casket and all the crowd is chanting along with the song. You know what I mean? Like this upbeat song after this darkers. Oh, match. Whoa, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah. It's like whoa. he has conquered. He has conquered Christian. Oh, you know, like Tarzan boy. Yeah, I just I, uh, I, I did find that funny. But I got to tell you, Lee, I disagree oh. with your take. Once again, mm-hmm. I uh, I thought this was one of the better casket matches I've seen because it was more of a brawl and it was heated at points and they incorporated, of course, uh, Jack Perry's family. And um, I really enjoyed Christian Cage's attire as well. The sleeveless turtleneck I thought was a great heel touch. Uh, I enjoy heel Christian Cage uh, in, in this uh, company. Um, and yeah, I not, thought... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, just no, you're not going to get him anymore. Well, I mean, he's he's buried and and whatever. He'll be gone for a couple of months. Uh, hopefully, if he does come back on Dynamite this week, then yes, I will agree with you. The impact is lessened. Uh, get, have him go away for a couple of months or whatever, um, and then and then bring him back. Um, but I thought this was a fun match too, man. Like I don't know, I I, I thought there was some good storytelling elements in this as well. You know. I hear a lot about how this company, all it does is just throw out matches on TV and they don't tell any stories. Well, for this company, there was a lot of stories that kind of reached their conclusion on this story on the show. Very odd how the uh, company with no stories had all these stories going into it that had a conclusion, but nonetheless, um, I, I thought this was a fun casket match. I thought jungle boy, Jack Perry delivered in this. And again, it's it similar, similar, but to a lesser extent to the hangman stuff, it was one of those things where, and I think we can both agree with this. Jack Perry needs an edge. If you want to make him, uh, if you want to take him to the next level, he's got to have something more to him so that you can continue the evolution from the jungle boy character to him being Jack Perry. I think we could both agree with that. Um, I don't think he got the edge out of that, but I think that's what they were trying to go for. With with the uh, concerto finish, I mean that that concerto thing was all part of the story throughout the entirety of this build, and so it, I thought the payoff was good. Um, I I would I have picked a different stipulation, yes. Um, but having said that, I thought it was a fun match, man. I really did. I, uh, I again, not my first choice. Maybe there could have been better, but I'm not going to get hung up on if if I'm going to get something much better than this or in this or not much better i should say but i'm not going to get hung up on maybe this could there could have been a better stipulation if the match we got was good in this scenario and we got a really good match i thought a really fun match actually so i enjoy this i i think it's a very slow burn for jack perry i think what i do agree with you i think we're going to need a little bit more progression on jack perry but i think it's it's all part of a slow burn 
and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, I thought this was a very fun match. I really did. I'm sorry, Lee. Can't can't agree with you on this one either. No, I know. Why would you? Because suddenly your casket matches list. Well, it was one of the better casket matches. Okay. You know what I don't want to rank? First of all, power rankings in anything. Um, <laughs> like the Ottawa Senators vaulted seven up the power rankings. Check out our story that some random person just comes up with because somebody puts out power rankings and now we're all supposed to understand that there there's a story. So I hate to tell you, Zach, I really love your opinions. I don't want to know the order of your casket matches. Like, <laughs> I, don't I, I, I haven't been extensively writing down my, my list, so don't worry. Uh, yeah. We'll be getting that for a while. I also don't want to know people's like you know where i look to in power rankings what in sports the standings yes the ultimate because, power rankings because more importantly than joe blow who puts out the the senators have moved up fiercely in the power rankings click on the story and then you go to this website and the senators are up from 22 to 15. who cares on what somebody thinks about power rank. Like, I checked the standings. Who's at the top? You know what? They're the best. Very That's logical it. approach. Yeah. I mean, I hate to do it. And God, I love the Canadian Football League. But when they come out with the power rankings, it's like yeah. there's nine teams, folks, in the league. I know who's at the top. I know who's at the bottom. And I know who's in the mushy middle. Okay, yeah. so I look at Saskatchewan moving from six to four in the power rankings. What are you talking about? It is the yeah. content era. Yeah, they're five and nine, but they've won two in a row. And then did you watch them play last week? No, and no, and they're five and nine. I can just go to the standings and check out where they are. So your casket matches. <laughs> Uh, great. One of the better ones. What yep. does that even mean? Top five in Zach McGibbon's casket match rankings, power rankings? Probably right up there. It's oh. <laughs> Man, is it fourth? Well, please tell me what's one, two, and three. You know what I didn't need? <laughs> a freaking casket match. Yeah. It made I no know. sense. Okay. So I, 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 felt... I think you're a little too hung up on the stipulation. No, I'm to... not because here's, here's, here's why this pay-per-view bothered me so much. Okay. okay? And I'm just going to get to the crux of the issue before sure. we get into the next problem. Sure. Because the crux of this issue is I watch AEW to not be insulted. I watch okay. WWE figuring I'm going to be insulted. Okay. I watch this product and I think, you know what? They're going to insult me here as a wrestling fan. They're going to not even understand that I might be half bright in this regard when I watch your product and they're, they're going to dumb it down and they're going to pretend I'm stupid. And I have to go into this and know this is going to happen. But you know why I love AEW and I hold it to a higher standard is because they don't do this to me. When I watch their product, I might like some of it. I might not like some of it, but they do not insult me as a wrestling fan. But forty nine ninety nine American on Sunday night, they insulted me multiple times. Wow! And I'm and I'm really angry about it. Okay. So number one, casket match. Okay. No reason. Zero reason. Number two. 
where was your TBS champion? Not there. Oh, yeah, we, we remember, right? Jade Cargill, not there. No plan. Okay. Let's get to the other women's match. Okay. One of the most insulting things I've seen in a long time. Okay. Okay. Oof, all right. And way to go, Zach McGibbon said Jamie Hader was going to retain. I didn't. I said Soraya was going to win. That's right. Yeah. So let's let's note that. Okay. You were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> let's 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 note that. So you're going to tell me that Ruby Riot and what side she's going to be on was on the side of Soraya the entire time, and the two of them couldn't figure out how to beat one person to put the championship in their little flock or whatever their group is now going to be. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to assume that Ruby Riot was on the same team as Soraya the entire time, but she wasn't going to show her colors until after the match. And, and the, 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 this, this group, this really smart, intelligent group that we're going to beat up Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker at the end in a three-way match when two of them were actually on the same team, neither of which they could come up with a plan to actually win the match. Oh my God. <laughs> what am I watching? Soraya stinks in the ring. She's not good. Ruby Riot and Jamie Hayter are carrying the match. And now you're going to insult me even more to tell me that, oh, look at Ruby Riot. It looks like she's with Jamie Hayter, but now she's with Soraya. Well, if they had this plan going in and they knew where they were going to be at the end, you're telling me they couldn't have come up with a championship win? Great plan, girls. Awesome. You really pulled one over on everyone by surprising people that Ruby Riot chose the side of Jamie Hayter or sorry, chose the side of Soraya. Meanwhile, two of the three of them were in the match and they couldn't figure out a way to win. Oh, and had Tony Storm, by the way, there as well. Couldn't figure out a way for three of them to get the job done. Insulted by this match. God, this match really drove me crazy. And you know, the casket thing drove me crazy. So this added to it, and maybe separately, they wouldn't have been as bad. But they're leaving the ring like they've done something. <laughs> what, what is happening here? Soraya and Ruby Riot are leaving together, and look, they're together all along, and what the, the announcers are going, oh, what a master plan this was. Oh, yeah. Well, let, let me get in the meetings here. How, how are we going to screw this up, not win the title, but come together and we'll beat them down at the end? And we'll have a, and it'll be, we'll pull one over on them. It'll be a master plan. Insulted, Zach. Nothing but insulting from this match. I had to get up and walk away. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, well, I please agree. tell me what I'm missing. On I all agree. This. I agree. Come on, Zach. Oh, after no, all that, yeah, after no, I, agree. All, 
I, 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 I did not like the finish of this either. I agree. Uh, I wasn't as insulted as you were. I didn't get up in a huff and walk around my room and, and pace around my, my apartment and, and, and just be like, oh, this, this group, is, I, I wasn't, you know, huffing a puffing or anything like that, but I thought it was a dumb finish. I agree with you on that. Um, the match was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought, and I agree with you that I thought that both Jamie Hayter and Ruby Soho carried it. Um, I, I will give some credit to Soraya in the sense that they, she did more spots in this than I thought she would. And so I have to give some credit. She's getting used to being in the ring. Uh, nonetheless, she still very much was clearly the, the weakest link in that match. I'm not taking that away. Um, but I agree Can with I, you. I, with Zach, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I really am. If Soraya is not ready to be in a main event spot on a pay-per-view for the AEW Women's World Championship, mm-hmm. th- you know what? To me, that's okay. You know yeah. what? She's just getting back into the business. Yep. And she's a long time off. I have a lot of respect for what she's gone through and now where she is. But don't put her there if she's not ready. I, that That's not my problem as a fan. Yep. Do you know what I mean? If yep. you're wrestling for the AEW Women's Championship, you think that would happen? And we we talk about all the things that the, the the men and the women and they should be equals and all of this stuff. They are equals. Okay? So let's yep. treat them like equals. If somebody's not ready to be in an AEW World Championship match on the men's side, that is not the fans' problem to understand that they're not ready yet. So I'm not going to I'm not going to have a double standard on the women. If somebody's not ready yet, okay. Yep. Totally get it. Totally understand the story. Don't put her there. Yep. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I was very mixed. And then as I, at the time I was mixed on the finish, cause I was thinking along the same lines of you in terms of like all of that. And like, now you do the, like, I know the story going in was Ruby Soho was conflicted and whatever. And like, what choice did she want to make? And maybe she didn't make her choice during the match. But even then, like if you want to throw that in there, I still think that they could have gone about this better. Um, I, I didn't leave the room in a huff and a puff about this finish, but I certainly didn't think it was a great finish either. Um, the match did exceed my expectations in terms of in ring. Uh, I I actually didn't think this was the worst match of the show. Uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, what I thought was the worst match of the show. Oh, I was, don't, which, don't which worry, I was Zach. Good. We're gonna get we're gonna get to it that as well because I have another candidate. But this one just. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I, 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 and that's the thing. I totally understand where you're coming from on that line. So I agree with you, not that strongly, but I do agree with you on the finish. But I thought and, the match itself was was solid. It was it was better than what I was expecting. You know why it makes me even that much more angry? Because this is the women's world championship. This is this is not Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks, just for no reason, mm-hmm. right? This is not you want me to you want me to hold your company in high regard treat me like I'm not being insulted treat treat me like this this match is more important than other matches because it's for the AEW Women's World Championship and Soraya didn't deserve to be in it in the first place was clearly out of her league mm-hmm. it, with the rest of the women in there and then devised this great plan for no reason whatsoever and came up with nothing. Yeah. 
And I think even she has said in interviews before, she was kind of surprised how soon she was kind of throwing the title picture. So I'll give her, I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that. But like, I, but I, all that to say, I don't disagree with you on the finish just for the record. I, okay. uh, I, I not I'm, I'm, again, not as, not as uh, fired up about it as you were. So but, what match uh, did you think was the worst match of the night? I thought it was Wardlow and uh, uh, Wardlow and Samoa Joe. That's what I thought. Oh, of course. I remember this now. The one you picked Samoa Joe on. Correct. But yeah. not because of the result. No, no. I actually liked the result. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, I, no I, I thought I, it was I, a weaker match. Okay, so why? I thought, uh, I still thought it was solid, but it was obviously like, to me, it was very much clear. It was a come down match. Um I I like the person that they had to win. I'm not as a hundred percent on the finish of him using Joe's own move to choke him out. Um, I understand the thought process behind it, but they really didn't introduce that element of like, I'm going to use your own move against you uh, to beat you. Um, and it's, it just didn't land for me as I think they were trying to intend for that finish. Um, I thought the match itself was two big guys going at it. It was the come down match after the Moxley and Hangman mm-hmm. stuff. So I understand they had to take a slower pace and, and Joe's a guy that could wrestle that pace. And I did not think they had a bad match. I just, you know, it's, it's, I think there's a difference between a bad match on this show than a bad match or sorry, the worst match on this show than the worst match of like ECW December to December, 2006. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I thought at worst, this was all right. This was solid. Um, nothing, nothing that's going to blow your socks off when you watch it. Um, I think it's an interesting, uh, pick, I, I'm happy that Wardlow won. I thought they were going to go with Joe because they were going to take that next step with uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. But I was thinking about it more, and you know, you put in Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs against each other. I think it benefits either or, like two guys that you think could come out with the win. Like both guys are being protected, and so whoever wins this again, if they push them after that win correctly. I think that could actually elevate the guy that wins and, and helps him out even more as opposed to a guy saying, well, I know he's going to beat Samoa Joe. Uh, they'll probably have a fun match as, a, as opposed to with the Wardlow and, and powerhouse Hobbs match where it's a little bit more unpredictable where they go and it adds a little bit more intrigue. Um, and so all that to say, I thought the match itself was, was, was all right. Um, it was, they didn't stink up the joint or anything like that. It was clearly a come down match. They were trying to keep the crowd hot uh, as much as they could uh, before they got to some of the other uh, money parts of the card. Um, but I thought of all the matches on the show, I thought this was the weakest one. You're so polite when you, <laughs> when you see a bad match and you call it like, you know, I thought it was solid. Like it wouldn't be a match. I'd go back, but you, you like to come up with some good parts of it. And you're very polite. This match was a clunker. And you bring up a reason uh, earlier in the show about a number of of matches ending a story. And while I don't disagree with you on the thought process, I think <sighs> when we went into this match and we talked about it last week, and I did say that Wardlow would win, and you, you got this one wrong. I did. Uh, okay, so we're back even now on, on <laughs> even terms here. Yeah. Um, the whole point, and I went over this at length 
the reason why I thought Wardlow was going to win was because they needed to establish a new character as far as him and a new direction and people just start to get behind like an evolution of Wardlow, right? He, he comes, he breaks away from NJF. He can't find footing on his own. What are we going to do here to get him to the point that we need to get him to? Well, unfortunately, the answer to that is not by using Joe's own move against him. And I totally understand, right? Like mm-hmm. the retribution because Joe cut his hair off and how angry he is and what he needs to do to get to get back. Well, that to me is secondary to the point of you need to reestablish who Wardlow is and why people are going to care and why you have a monster on your hands. You don't do that by using Joe's move against him. You do that through what? You do that, Zach, by making him his own, like, here he is. Here's the monster. Here's his new moveset. Here's what he's going to do. And here's why he's going to be an incredible champion. Not by regain. Who cares that he he regained something on Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe will not be in this picture again. Why would that matter? What would matter is the reestablishment of a guy that you have screwed up. No. Fair. Yeah. Okay, so you've screwed him up. Let's give him a something to go on here. Let's give them this new attitude. Let's give them something that people are going to care about. Not getting retribution on Joe. That's not what you needed to do here. You needed to reestablish Wardlow. And he won the title, and I'm not sure you reestablished anything other than he got retribution on Samoa Joe. And this was a clunker. Okay? Like, let's call it what it is, Zach, and you're such a polite guy. This was like, can't wait till it's over and see what's next. I, I'm a little higher on it than I think you are. I didn't think this was a clunker, but this was obviously the, of all the matches on the show, there was a lot of really good matches on the show in my mind. I haven't got um, to a lot of them yet. Yeah. So this was, this was, this was the worst one of them. So, right. uh, trios that, match. I thought this was awesome. I love this match. Yeah, it was I, good. it was, I, good, I, I was awesome. Zach, I'm not going <laughs> to go ahead. I want you to talk about it and I'm not going to disagree with you. It was, <laughs> it, it was really good. And we knew we both picked the house of black. Yep. And the reason you picked the house of black is because you have to establish people who want to be at the top of the trios mountain mm-hmm. and you need to get Kenny Omega and the young bucks on a different path. Yeah. And this match accomplished all of that. In my opinion, again, where do you want to be after the match? And can you get all of those storylines over and have a good match in between? And it's check, check, check. Yep. Check all the boxes for this one. Good, good, good match. Brody King is a star. And they're all stars, but you know what I mean? Like I, yep. I really noticed him in this match. Yeah. And you checked all the boxes. And at the end of it, you got to where you need to be. 
you you accomplished everything by putting that team on top of the trios mountain and they're going to be very hard to dethrone and you've got in a really good match the young bucks and kenny omega who are now going to go their separate ways Yes. Yeah. I, I thought, I know there was some talk going into it about, oh, it's only on like two weeks build and they didn't do too much. And I think I got caught up in it as well. I, I look at this and it's like, you know what? It's two t- teams that you know are going to put together a great match. And all you really need is that, that, that team house of black wants the titles. That's all you really need, you know, especially in a card when you've got like, and and I know you have different feelings on them, but at the in terms of the card, most if not all of them, other than the trios match, had some element of a story going into it. I think it's okay to have a match on here that's like you know what these guys all there is is they want the titles and they're going to go out there and have this awesome match. I think that's okay as a change of pace match in a, in a card. I think that's totally okay. And I thought and I thought this was an awesome match. I thought the finish to this with the them trying to go for the Meltzer driver and then uh, Buddy Murphy uh, or Buddy Matthews, I should say, uh, delivering the knee and just catching him was just an awesome visual and the sell of that was great. And I'm glad you pointed out the Brody King stuff because I was also going to mention, I think there was a special showcase on him to try and and make him look good. Um, I thought this was an awesome match, bell to bell. I mean, I'm I'm done arguing about how good Omega and the Bucks are. I, I think at this point, you're you're gonna have to look at the rearview mirror when it comes to how good these uh, these guys are. Um, if if you can't accept it at this point, um, I can understand style, but you got to give them some credit at, at some point. And I think both uh, Omega, the Bucks, I think those guys are much better sellers that I think some would like to give credit for. I think thought this match was great, and it was a good way to get a new team in there. And as you mentioned, and it looks like they're already teasing it on Twitter as well that Omega is going back in the singles division, which I think is a good thing. I think they've done their part for the trios belts, uh, and I, I think you know they they leave behind that really fun best of seven. And uh, I, I'm very excited to see what Omega does in a singles capacity and what the Bucks do in the tag team division now. Um, I, I think all around it was it was really well done. I thought this was an awesome match. Yep. There's not much to add. This is great. Yeah. People like professional wrestling because of a lot of what this match has. Yep. This so, great. so I can't complain about it. Uh, what'd you think of, we both got Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks wrong. Yes, we did. What, what'd you think of this? I thought this was a great opener. I thought this was a second straight year of, of Jericho putting on an awesome opener. Last year we had the match with Eddie Kingston. Uh, I liked that match more between Eddie Kingston and Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it more appealed to my taste, admittedly. I mean, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho last year was very much like a, a King's Road match, all Japan, nine, mid-90s match. So that was going to appeal to me no matter what. Um, but this match, I thought, I was surprised that they had Ricky Starks be so definitive because I thought they were going to try and get some more juice out of this story. But I thought these two had a very good match. Uh, Chris Jericho continues to make me eat crow about his uh, in-ring ability. I was one of those guys that was calling him off and uh, saying that I think he should look into retiring. Now look at where he's at. He's having these really good matches. And I thought Ricky Starks came out to, to play in this. When Action and Dreddy came out, a part of me was like, oh my God, Action and Dreddy is joining the Jericho <laughs> Appreciation Society. That's how they're going to get around this. I'm not looking forward to this finish. And no, he just came out to stop Sammy Guevara and the baby faces won. They outsmarted the heels. And it's so refreshing to have baby faces outsmarting the heels after so many years of just the heels being the smart ones in the other company. 
So I thought this was a really fun opener. I thought it established Ricky Starks, and that was the central core I took away from the show is that they are invested in their young core. Other than uh, other than the elite losing, every winner on this card was some sort of AEW original or a person that has not been into WWE before. Um, I, I and so to me, it established like this is our core. This is who we're moving forward with. Ricky Starks, especially, like he came out really well in this feud. And I know there was a lot of talk about Jericho in terms of, you know, I, I think it was starting to get overblown some of the backstage politician stuff that we kind of hear about with him. I think there's other factors at play with that. Um, and I think some people are still upset about the Eddie Kingston stuff. And I love Eddie Kingston. Don't get me wrong. I love his, I, I love his passion for wrestling. I think he's a great promo guy. I think he's a good wrestler. Um, but I think as the, as the months start to go along, and I think back to that feud between Eddie and Jericho, I think I start to lean a little bit more and more to this was not all Jericho's fault. I think Eddie deserves some blame. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but you look at what happened afterwards. I mean, that uh, barbed wire match that uh, those two had, right? It was not good. And that's it. That's a two to tango sort of deal. So I know a lot of people put the blame on that for Jericho, but Kingston wasn't great in that match either. Um, And then you look at the stuff afterwards when it comes to, you know, the backstage stuff with Sammy Guevara. um, I think that also impacted it as well, his push. Um, And so I'm not saying it's all Eddie Kingston. I think it's kind of a twofold thing, but I think people kind of took that one incident with Jericho and they're already frustrated with other elements about Jericho and have compounded it to make Jericho seem like he's this modern day Hulk Hogan, which is just ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, you look at who he put on. I looked at his match results mm-hmm. throughout this Ricky Stark stuff. He he in a singles never never won in in a singles capacity. Not against Axe okay. Andretti. Not against Ricky Starks. And in terms of his Jericho Appreciation Society feuds, uh, it was like eleven matches and two times they had won. Two times, and one yeah. of them was a gauntlet where he <laughs> got beat multiple times. So maybe let's cool it with the Jericho stuff a little bit. This guy has been putting over people multiple times. If you want to argue of how much uh, wrestling with Jericho has helped these other guys, sure, I can hear that argument. But to say he's this modern-day Hulk Hogan, like he's been, he was in a locker room with moder- with a Hulk Hogan. He knows how the, the whole backstage politics go. He left WCW because of it. He's seen what's going on there. So you think he's going to translate that because he's got a bigger role in, in AEW? I, I just like, you know, I've started to turn around on Jericho a little bit. I, I, I was one of those people, but I look at the results. And it's like, you, you know what I say, Lee, the booking doesn't lie. And Jericho <laughs> lost almost every single time he was in this feud, almost every single time. And the one win was in a gauntlet match where four other wrestlers competed <laughs> and lost. So like, let's just cool it with the Jericho stuff. Okay. That's my rant for the day. No, like, I, I love, you know what? I love it. Cause I, I couldn't agree more. I, that's why I thought Chris Jericho was actually going to win because he had lost so much Yeah, that I was just convinced that to keep him in a spot where he can keep losing, you're going to have to win a couple of big matches here. Um, so that's why I, I honestly thought that he was going to win this match and he loses again and he's still over. Yeah. Like, Anyway, you're you're bang on about Chris Jericho. Yes. I, I want to disagree with you, but I can't. 
it's just it's just like i get it he's he's a very prominent figure he's a he's on the television a lot i think that element comes into play where you just see so much of the guy but i i'm not i'm i'm I think that you look at the one instance with Eddie Kingston and and how that played out, and I think that got totally overblown. Were there fuse that went a little too long? Yes, I agree with you on that. Was was the Eddie Kingston stuff, uh, you know, not beneficial to Eddie in the end? Uh, yes, I I I think it didn't help Eddie, but that's one instance out of multiple others. He had a, a long feud with MJF. Do you you don't think MJF benefited from that feud at all? With, with feuding with Jericho and establishing himself as one of the top guys in the roster. Do you don't think that Jericho, when he got the belt at the start of the company, that he helped to try to establish this company as a top guy and gave it credibility? You know, and now we look at the Stark stuff. I mean, the other feuds he's been in, he's been in a feud with the MMA guys, right? And I believe he won that feud, right? It's like, do you really want him to take the pin against uh, friggin' uh, uh, Del Santos? Dos Santos, yeah. Junior Dos Santos. So, like, let's just, like, I think we got to cool it with the Jericho stuff a little bit. I, again, I, I think I know where it's coming from. I think he's, there is a little bit of an overexposure factor, but I, I think it's gotten a little overboard with some of the Jericho hate. And this is coming from a guy that was on that hate train at one point, too. I figured you'd be a guy to be on a hate train sooner or later. <laughs> Hate's a strong uh, word. Strongly yes, dislike. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I didn't miss anything, did I? Uh, I just guns. Just the guns. And oh, the guns. Yes. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Thank <laughs> you for saving the show a little bit because I wouldn't have, I couldn't possibly have been more underwhelmed by the guns retaining and getting on a microphone and having FTR come out, which is awesome. We all mm -hmm. like, I haven't met someone that really dislikes FTR. You, you might not love them as much as other people, but you still like them because they're awesome. Yeah. Like there's nothing not to like about these guys. Right. Yep. But you used your entire tag team four-way eight guys in the ring match to have FTR come out and that's your like they could have come out at any time and as soon as the guns got on the microphone I'm like come on <laughs> like what the guns are going to get on the microphone and they're going to they're going to say a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to be like oh my god oh my god and then they're going to drop the mic and walk out or is something going to happen? So I just, I found this a waste of time to get FTR over. Okay. I know, I know that, I know that seems harsh, but this was a waste of my time to get FTR back in the building and people pumped up about it, which you could have done. I just, Zach, I, and I'm, I'm being influenced by the fact that I think they have misused the tag team championships for a long time. And I've talked about it on a lot of different episodes. I am, I need something to happen to get off of that mindset. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually need something to happen. And this was not it. Eight, four teams, eight guys in the ring just for FTR to come out at the end. Yeah. I love FTR. It's awesome that they're here. But as soon as they got in the ring, do I think that's even a challenge for them to beat the guns for the tag team belts? 
I don't even think it's close. So in my mind, it's like, you've just wasted 20 minutes of my life to bring FTR out for the pop. And when are we going to get to a point where a real tag team just has the belts? Please list off the champions and the, t- the tag team champions, Zach, in, in, in the last two years. Well, we before the guns, there was the acclaimed. There mm-hmm. was Swerve in Our Glory. And mm-hmm. they took the belts from the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Bucks, I believe, took it from FTR, if I recall correctly. Or mm-hmm. went, And then FTR held it for... A, uh, and then... When, when when was the team before FTR? It was uh, Omega and 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 uh, Hangman was it? No, you missed that was Luchasaurus earlier. and Jack. Perry. Oh, Luchasaurus and Jack Perry, uh, uh, Lucha Brothers as well. Yeah, um, in there, um, and Zach, then FTR before that. Zach, Zach, the Lucha Brothers, and I'll put them back up top, and I'll stop crapping on them like I did for all those times. <laughs> I wish they'd use them better, but I love them. FTR. The Bucks, um, who else? Um, just give me, give me some more teams here that I can, um, sink your teeth into, or yeah, but between the Lucha Brothers and FTR mm-hmm. and the Bucks, can you just give me some? tag teams that are real tag teams and they're the tag teams together and that they're going to defend against other tag teams that are together. Can we do like, why can't we do this? Yeah. I, I think you, there needs to be a, a, a renewed focus on the tags. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm bogged down with all this crap and I didn't believe for one second that the guns were going to be able to survive a challenge from FTR when they came in the ring. Mm-hmm. Do we really think the guns are going to wrestle FTR and they're going to wrestle them in three straight times and they're going to beat them and they're going to tell FTR is going to go away because the guns are the better tag team? No, I, no. I, I'm pretty confident FTR is beating the guns here. Oh yeah, so was I the second they came out, <laughs> and so the acclaimed. I I just think this whole scissor thing lost focus for them to what they really need to do. And to become this tag team, and they kind of went on this little like Bowens got hurt, and then mm-hmm. you know Max is rapping and Billy Gunn and scissoring, but all of this is wasted time now. Yeah, I, I, I will say on, on that point, they did get hot. I, I think they're kind of caught in a between a rock and a hard place because if they don't push the acclaimed, I think we're on this podcast talking about they may have missed the boat with the acclaimed and putting the tag titles on them. Now that's kind of looking back and 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 hindsight twenty twenty or whatever. Uh, so I, I think they just kind of struck while the while the iron was hot. I'm sure you're more arguing they just kind of li- stayed on a little too long uh, with this title reign as opposed to just no. Like- but I, my argument is the fact that if they got hot, then treat them as a world class tag team with other world class tag teams. Mm-hmm. Why are they getting? caught up with Billy Gunn's sons in title in title matches and not winning like yeah what what has happened here but that's but then you get into an area of like you know they get it and this is just kind of my general criticism of AEW criticism and I don't want to make it come across like I'm a defender of them but 
they get into a scenario then where they've had this story with the guns for a while when, and how the scissoring thing kind of got started. And so they're trying to tell a story with it. Never but then cared, they get, but, I've never cared about this story. Well, that's the thing. But then they get into a, 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 another rock and a hard place thing where it's like, you know, then they get accused of not putting stories together. Like, it, it's just like, it has to be a lane at some point. You know what I mean? Like you can't say they don't tell stories. They only put on good matches and then they go out and they put on good matches. Like, well, they need to put a story. Like it has to be one or the other. And so to me, they've picked the lane of the storytelling that cut to a company with the good matches, which is a very good lane to be in by the way. Um, and so I, I don't know. I just feel like then we just get into a nitpick thing where then we have to choose either or, and it's like, then we start getting into a scenario where it's like, well, they could have gone this route, but if they went with that route, then we're talking about the other route that they missed out on. No, but I think I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't, I don't agree because I think you can list off the top tag teams in the world mm -hmm. and put them in a group. So let's do that right now. Okay. okay. Let's, let's make up our top five or six AEW tag teams that we think should be there. Okay. Cool. I'm cool with that. Okay. So we'll, we'll agree on the box. Yep. We'll agree on FTR. Yes. We'll agree on the Luch brothers. Yes. That's three right there. Okay. So, so now where are we? Do you throw like, the acclaimed in there? In terms sure. of, are like, we talking in ring I, I, or overness? No, but I'm talking like, let's establish who's going to be in the top five, six, seven of the top tag teams and treat them as such. Gotcha. And then, and then we'll start worrying about over and, and all that stuff. Okay. So yes, I am. They have completely put themselves in a spot because they've, they're homegrown and they've got over and all this stuff. Let's put them in the category. Sure. Right? So, okay. so that's four. Yeah. Would you put, um, to remember like the death triangle? Uh, well, we already put the Lucha Brothers in there, right? So at number three, so... Oh, sorry. And I, I don't know why my brain is... So would you put... <laughs> no, I meant um, the Blackpool Combat Club. Would you put oh, yes. Cesaro and Yuda? Yes, I would. Okay. So let's just say that they start concentrating on that. Yeah. Okay. So now what are we up to? Five? Six? Yeah, yeah we're at five. We're at five. Yep, because we had the three right away: the Bucks, FTR, and Lucha Brothers, and okay. then we decided on the acclaimed, and, and we decided on uh, Black Bull Combat Club. Okay, so I don't like it, but you want to put the guns there? Sure. Top flight. Where do you th throw top flight in there? They're getting the push recently. Yeah, I I can see them. Yep. So you want to put them at the bottom of the group? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, where do we stand on Aussie Open? Because I know that they've showed up on Dynamite recently, and they're more of a well, new fan act. But yeah, if they're going to be around, if they're going to be around enough, I absolutely am having them in there. Yeah, and uh, I would I argue, just, I would argue, try to find a, find them in the top five. I think they're that good. But oh, uh, I agree. I, yeah. I I agree. I just want them to be around enough to be able to be part of the conversation. Right. So let's let's take all of those teams, and let's put a team on top. And then we're going to show you that that team is the best tag team in the world. Yep. So whether that's FTR or the Young Bucks or the Lucha Brothers 
or if it's the guns and the guns come through and they beat FTR and they beat the Bucks and they beat the Lucha Brothers and they win the World Tag Team Championships and they're sitting on top like MJF sitting on top with an Iron Man 67 minute win over Brian Danielson. Right. Because I don't know who the guns have ever beat other than the acclaim for the titles. I don't know who the acclaimed have ever really beat other than they got hot with some over gimmick and the top tag teams are never the top tag teams swerve in his glory. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. I, I guess Even that's a little more established than swerve in our glory. I would argue, but yes. Yeah, but okay. But then tell me that they're a tag team, right? Like be a tag team. I don't have to worry about the bucks breaking up and going single. I don't have to worry about FTR breaking up and going single. Mm-hmm. I don't have to re- like, I don't want to worry about teams breaking up and going their separate ways. And we're going to put Adam page and Kenny Omega, and we're going to put swerve in and his glory. And we're yeah. going to put Luchasaurus and we're going to put Jack Perry enough of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Give me the top seven teams. Tell me, and now get into your stories right now, now get into that the guns and the acclaimed are battling over number one contendership because they've both beaten the young bucks and they've both beaten the Lucha brothers. And now they're going to go wrestle for the number one contender between the two of them to see who's going to take on FTR to be the best tag team in the world. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm getting a bunch of gimmicks. I'm getting a bunch of the gun club and scissor me daddy. And oh my God, we beat, we beat my own dad. And like, <laughs> I'm not getting the top wrestlers in the world. I'm getting a bunch of stuff thrown together and I hate it. And I want out of it. I want the top seven or eight teams. Then you can start in with the stories about why those two teams are going to go after each other for the next little while and have it mean something, climb the rankings. Okay, I'm done with that. It's all good. No, I, 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 the way you laid it out, I, I, I think there's are elements of that that's going on. I think what you're arguing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it should be just stronger teams that are involved in those stories as opposed to like, you know, as you mentioned, it acclaimed and, and, and the guns going after it. You want more of the FTRs and more of the bucks and whatever. I, I think well, it's okay. So, uh, my, argu- my argument is, is that. I don't want to have the tag team champions always be the champions that I know aren't not only not the best team in the company, mm-hmm. they're not even in the top five. Right. Like the guns aren't in the top five. Yep. The acclaim got hot, but they're, they hadn't had the body of work to put them in the top five. Swerving is glory. I don't, don't even know how they ever even got a title shot in the first place. So tell me how all of these teams elevated themselves up to be world champions. Mm-hmm. I want you can put these teams in, but give put the top teams in there and have them. If FTR wants to put a bunch of teams over, the Bucks want to put a bunch of teams over. Go ahead, awesome. But I have no idea how these teams ever became champions in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. That that that's that's more fair to, to me now, and I can understand your point of view. Anyway, I, I, I I still think I still think it's okay to have the one team where it's like 
were like a hangman and, and and omega that had the belts for a while where i still felt like they were a strong team and they still had the connections to the elite or whatever yeah um it felt more like uh like take a 1990s all japan thing it's t- it's like you take the two heavyweights like you take a masawa and you take a kawada and they decide to tag together i know that wasn't the main tag team for them but yeah. just for the for just for the sake of the example you you have those two guys two of some of the top singles guys in the company also be guys that you could rely on to be in the tag division have these epic matches with some of the other guys in the tag division and so that's when i initially saw the omega and and hangman stuff that's what and it was I, reminiscent of and i agree with you but then leave them together for a while and establish them as you're going to be in the tag team division for a while and not just a, a quick minute right and if you're going to go that route, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't, I don't want to feel like the best, for sure the best three teams in AEW, without question, are FTR, the Bucks, and the Lucha Brothers, correct? Yep, I agree. None of them have been near the championship in a long time. Right. Okay. Yeah. The closest one has been FTR, and that was months ago. Right. So, I don't, I don't think you fool around with your your tag team championship that way because you treat it like. Would you be fooling around with your world heavyweight championship that way no. when you know that the the top contenders aren't even close? Like, I don't know. To me, it's like putting. Okay, well, we'll just have. Samojo win the title and then we'll we'll put it on Wardlow and we'll be like, okay, but what about I don't know, Kenny Omega and MJF and Adam Page and Adam Cole and what about all those guys? Right. Eh, uh, we kind of think that Wardlow's over. Like, no, no, no. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it and, and so my whole point in that very long-winded <laughs> is the fact that I can't get over this yet. And until they reestablish it, it's going to be really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And this tag team moment in this pay-per-view did nothing to help me. Mm-hmm. And it might've been a decent match and it might've put the guns over in a better position and it might set them up for a nice little run here with FTR. But I, I got nothing out of it other than FTR is back and they're going to absolutely demolish this team and they're going to take their tag team titles back. Mm-hmm. And finally, if we get there, and then I start getting legitimate teams challenging FTR. Now I'm back in. Yeah. Especially now the Bucks are back in the tag division as well. If it, you get FTR in there. Exactly. In. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there's the whole point. I know we've gone on a long time. <laughs> I didn't um I didn't expect this to go this long, but I knew I was coming in hot. And I knew you had a car story, Zach. <laughs> and you know, I can feel your brother. Yeah. But, um this has been awesome. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was a little nervous when you were saying that uh, you, you were gonna be uh, negative on on the on the pay per view a little bit more. I'm way more positive on this. I actually think this is one of the better pay per views that AEW has done. Not the best, obviously, but this was really solid, and I thought it flowed really well, and I really liked this show. Um, but I thought there was a lot of great debates in there. Where even afterwards, I still disagree on stuff, but. I thought that was a, I thought it was a good back and forth. I really did. Well, um, I, I agree. And I, I'm being a little harsh on the show. And one thing I do want to give it credit for before we go mm-hmm. is their pacing of the overall night was much better yes. than in pay-per-views past. Yep. Like 
you were not sitting there at one o'clock in the morning going, when is this <laughs> thing ending? Yeah. I did um, not get a lull during this show and I was waiting for that lull. Even after the Joe and, and Wardlow stuff, I never felt it was a lull. I just felt it was a slowdown. You know what I mean? No, they, yeah. They did a much better job of cleaning up the pace of yeah. the entire show and getting to the end of it, especially with an Iron Man match. Imagine if they had have gone through some of the other pay-per-views and that Iron Man match comes on like reminiscent of the, the, the women at main eventing WrestleMania at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I like, if it had been midnight and that match is starting to come on and you know, you're <laughs> going to be there for an hour. It's like, no, 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 no. But they, yeah. they did a really good job at cleaning that up. And I've been harsh on them before mm -hmm. about that, about long, long shows. And this one, they got much better at it. So I think I congratulate them. I know everyone's going to put this old oh, eight plus. I enjoyed the show. One of the best shows ever. This was an okay show. Mm -hmm. uh, it survived for me by an amazing main event. The trios match was incredible as well. Yep. So there was some really good stuff. I just got bogged down with, I got insulted a couple of times and I don't, yeah. I, I, I'm taking it personally because I don't get insulted by AW and I got insulted a couple of times. So that really, Hurt me, and just right. and Zach. I know you might live in Belleville, and it snows every day of your life. But the fact that we've had seventy centimeters of snow in ten days in Ottawa, it, it it's the biggest ten day period that Ottawa's had in like I, I don't even what what did they say like you know thirty years or forty years or whatever. Yeah. It's the most snow in a ten day period. Man, I'm super stoked about making sure I get back out and shovel my 12 car driveway mm -hmm. again. There's been so much snow. It's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, I understand. And, uh, and I understand. Yeah. I, I, and, and yeah, it's like, I, I understand there's been a lot of snow here too. It's, it's been bad, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, for me, I, I thought this show was really good. I, I really enjoyed the show a lot. Actually, I didn't get hampered down by some of the stuff that you were kind of, uh, ha hampered down with as much so maybe that's just kind of how i sort of viewed the show D were, was every match like a five-star classic no but i thought there was a couple in there that were really really good um and i think it's, if we could continue to get this sort of quality from aew i think sometimes we do take it for granted some of the stuff we get from aew um and so uh you know i, I try to i try to keep the critical lens on and I, I think in terms of momentum like whatever you or i or whatever feel about it i think just based on viewing the general consensus of the show and seeing what people have thought about the show i think this is at least a show for some that's kind of turned the corner uh in terms of the way the tv is going and again i've been a little bit more higher on the tv than others i don't know man am i is, is it just something where it's like maybe i just am not too bothered by that stuff as i maybe should be because it's like i don't know i just no, like i think we go through runs of being bothered by different stuff and that's okay yeah um i'm actually looking forward to the new direction that AEW is going to go if they ended a bunch of storylines like they did where are they going next yeah and so that that stuff interests me mm -hmm. and we didn't mention one time in the show that Vince McMahon was in the gorilla position. Uh, <laughs> yes, but he's not uh, going to be back in creative. It's okay. He's, uh, he only organized that, so, a coup and he I know, only, I know. And he only is back on the board of directors so, and he only showed up at raw. Sorry, folks. Sorry. I didn't mean to get Zach on this. We're ending the show. Okay. I apologize. We're ending the show, but I, we didn't talk about that one time. 
So that, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Zach, awesome stuff. We had, this was a great discussion and look forward. I know we got a big uh, acclaim show coming up uh, and we'll have the results of that. And I think we'll talk to London Lightning about his experience uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So he's going to fight Stu Grayson coming up on the weekend. Yep. Um, looking forward to that uh, and so much more. This has been awesome, uh, but we got to get going. Zach, yeah, absolutely. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, always good to talk to you with you too, Lee. That this was fun. This was actually a really fun episode. This is great. <laughs> As opposed to every other episode where he thinks I suck. Uh, for Zach McGibbon, I'm Lee Versage. Thanks again for listening to this is wrestling. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of TSN Wrestling. Join us again next week for another hour of your favorite wrestling all-stars. 